0: This is episode number 48 of the Abuse Talk Podcast. Welcome to the Abuse Talk Podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my pain into a purpose. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and believe that together we are louder. Louder. each fortnight there is a new episode on the abuse talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector getting an inside feel for what it's really like in their job role and sharing it with all of you there's also a chance for you to join in with a conversation by leaving a voice message head to our website and go through anchor share your thoughts i am so excited today because we have a first for the hashtag abuse talk podcast I have the lovely Tracy Rector, who is the executive producer of No Ordinary Love. It's an independent film, and I am so delighted that we were able to speak and hear her passionate voice over this project. So, have a listen, and let us know what you think on Hashtag Abuse Talk. Just tweet us, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. But before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to Rockpool. They're the main sponsors for Hashtag Abuse Talk and you can find out more about their trauma-informed programs at rockpool.life. I also need to say a big thank you to hashtag abuse talk patrons on patreon.com forward slash Jen L. Gilmore, Susan Rahima and Katrina Hay. They have just been fantastically supportive over the last 18 months I believe and if you want to um, find out how to support hashtag abuse talk just drop me a line contact at jennifergilmore.com However, let's get into it because this is definitely a new thing for hashtag abuse talk. So enjoy this interview with Tracy Rector. I am so delighted to have Tracy Rector with us today. In fact, we met over. A Twitter chat and um, we had her come on and have a discussion and she was a guest and it felt only right to bring her onto the podcast and if you're on YouTube you'll be able to watch the trailer of No Ordinary Love. But anyway here's Tracy, she's right here next to me even though we're in different parts of the world. Uh, welcome Tracy, nice to um, to actually meet you after those discussions that we've had Thank you so much for inviting me on today. I'm really excited to talk about the film with your audience. No yeah and um, obviously we've had um, already that discussion about lived experience and you know the portrayal of um, domestic abuse in films and TV and that's certainly been something that's been at the heart of your project. So before we get into that could you tell us a bit about you and um, your background where you, where you are as well? Certainly. Well, I'm in the US, in Texas, which you can probably tell as soon as I start
1: talking. (laughs) I was um, in an abusive marriage for 23 years. And for the most part, I didn't realize that it was an abusive marriage, which I think a lot of victims feel that way, unless it's blatantly physical. Oftentimes we question ourselves whether this is really abuse or not. And from that experience, After I left the marriage and through the healing process, I served on the board of directors for a domestic violence agency in our area for seven years and two years as board chair. So through that experience, I learned a lot more about it other than just from my own experience. All the statistics and the details and what works and what doesn't work and what we're doing in, in this field right now. And from that, I realized that there was a huge lack of awareness with victims and survivors. It's either they lack the awareness that the services are there available for them, or they don't have the awareness that the situation that they're in is very dangerous and mm-hmm. could kill them. And so, from that, I really, it was like it kept me up at night. What do I do with this information? And so, from that, long story short, I end up making a film. So, that's why I'm here today to talk about that and how that process came to be.
0: I mean, the facts that you said. Long story short, clearly that is um, that has been a long process. I imagine how how long has it been, you know, to get it to this point and um, ready to be broadcast. Well, it's taken a few years. So when I first came up with the idea
1: that. I wanted to raise awareness and it it's sometimes it's when you get this idea and I'm sure you've had this before it's in your head and you put it off and then it just keeps coming back and you get to the point where okay I have to do this. So what do I do what do I put signs on buses or what so it ended up after thinking all this, this process that film is a great way to convey a message. Mm. You can get widely out there to a lot of people and do it in a creative way. And I really, from the very beginning, I wanted to do a feature film, not a documentary. Not many people want to sign up to sit down for an hour and a half and watch a documentary on domestic violence. But to put it in a narrative form, a story form, so people could really get into the story and relate to the characters is what I wanted to do. So I have a young friend of mine who is a filmmaker, She's an up and coming filmmaker. She's a writer and a director. And I just approached her and I said, Would you be interested in doing this project with me? And she said, Absolutely. And I I said, I've never done a film before. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) And she says, Well, we need two things we need money and we need a script. And I said, Well, you do the script, I'll figure out the funding part. So that's where we started with that. So I gave her some directions of what I wanted her to do with the film. I didn't want to control the narrative part of it, but I did want her to absolutely be as accurate as she could with the issue, the things that we know now, the statistics, Mm. the details, the science, the research that we know around domestic violence. We've learned so much in the last 10 to 20 years. And so she did the research.
0: And then we well, came up
1: with a script and we started from
0: there. So, so tell me, is this script based on, you know, your personal lived experiences or is it collective effort or did you it's, have a part to play in that? It's a collective effort. So she, what I, since I was just on the board of
1: the, of the agency in our area, I connected her with our chief executive officer there and she was able to connect her with, um, 20 some victims that were living in our shelters and she could interview them. She was able to sit on a homicide trial for domestic violence offender uh, for several days with the district attorney here she was able to go to uh, offender classes that are mandated by the courts for the offenders to go to once they're convicted. She did a, a few of those. And she just took a deep dive into the statistics. She, I certainly shared my story with her. And my other requirement, other than it being authentic, was that she addressed spiritual abuse. That was part of my own experience. Right. So she didn't really, it's not my story. It's a combination of lots of different, um, it's really from her creative mind, but She took all the research that she did to help feed that story.
0: No, I mean, it sounds um, pretty amazing that she was able to go and do all that research and collect all that information and, you know, help with that creative, you know, point of view because... It's I I find it so difficult. I mean, on hindsight, looking back at my own lived experiences, it's there Mm. black and white. This is so obvious. But when you're in the moment, you just don't see it. And I find that's quite difficult to portray without it being obvious. So I know we we kind of spoke about different things to do with portrayal of, um, you know, domestic abuse on TV and film and maybe the viewpoints of people within um, the, the Twitter chat and sort of maybe there being been a bit of frustration around that. How, how are you sort of looking at that point of view? How are you getting around um, maybe the facts that it's maybe over-exaggerated or, you know, the difficulties with the correct and maybe sensitive portrayal of domestic abuse? Well, I think the the feedback that we've gotten from those that have seen the
1: film, especially DV advocates in our Mm -hmm. area, they are all very positive about it. They're actually, their first reaction is surprise because they are used to seeing this, what you call an exaggerated expression of it. It, if, If you see something in film, Or TV, typically it's a little heavy on the physical abuse because that's what most people who aren't in that experience think of typically as domestic abuse. But those of us that have been in it and work in it know it's so much more than that. So that's really the crucial part for us to show. We do show physical. In one of the couples, because that is part of that experience, that progression of it, that I think it was important to show that it doesn't start out with physical abuse. It starts out as a relationship, mm. a marriage, children, and then it's a gradual I think you could say drip, drip, drip of abuse that adds up and, ex- and accelerates over time. So that's that, that That's really the challenge in a film that's an hour and a half long. How do you show that relationship growth mm-hmm. and going down that, that toxic path of abuse? That's a real challenge. But I think China Robinson, the director and writer, really rose to the occasion. And so in the film, we have two different couples it's two different situations of abuse. And then it's how those t- all their lives are intertwined together. So we do try to show the range of types of abuse and how sometimes it looks more like abuse and sometimes it really doesn't look like it at first. So.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask next about the storyline. Um, you know, can you give us anything away? I mean, I know we've got um, a trailer, so I'm just going to go ahead and let everyone on YouTube watch that now just to give that anticipation but um, what can um, what can we expect when we're investing our time into this? I know you mentioned you know that difficulty of sitting down to a documentary are you expecting to reach people that, Maybe in the relationships or perhaps professionals to give them a bit of a wider view on um, domestic abuse? Or are you looking for even higher? You know, are you looking for people that are in a position of power to watch this film? Who, who, who's your audience? I would have to answer all the above and for all <laughs> the different
1: reasons too. I think one of the most profound reactions we've had so far from someone seeing the film was a woman who told us that she had left her abuser two months prior to seeing the film. And she was in a financial situation where it was difficult. And she was very much considering going back to the abuser to help with the financial problems. And after seeing the film, she says, I am not going to go back to him. I'm going to seek out help and do counseling and and reach out to the shelter. So there's that aspect of it, that we do feel like there will be We know for sure there will be people in the audience that are currently in a relationship that is abusive. And oftentimes, especially when it's not physical, they still may be questioning themselves whether their relationship is actually abusive, Mm. but hopefully seeing it up on the big screen, they can identify with the characters and go, Oh my goodness, that's me. That and seeing it up there, it really becomes more profound to them what their experience is. And I Mm. think when, we address the coercive control piece of it. That is what's really important because finally the victims, they have a name for what this is that's happening to them. But we also address other things in the film so that it shows a court scene, a courtroom scene where there's a judge who's not very sympathetic to the victim and kind of um, chastises her for not doing things the way she thought she should have done them. And I think what I would hope is that we have people in in the judicial system, attorneys as well as judges, that are able to see it from the victim's point of view and see that it's Mm. it's complicated, it's complex, and it's much more involved than something that's black and white. And hopefully they will um, seek out training so they can learn a little bit more about that issue. But as far as for people that are in power, yes, our decision makers, our legislatures, our parliaments, whoever it is in your country, we want them to see this film as well to help them start the conversations, Mm. to say, oh my gosh, this really is a problem. All they have to do is look. It doesn't take far. You have to look very far to see the statistics of how bad it is. It's one in three women globally mm. will experience this in their lifetime. That's an enormous, enormous number of women that will be affected by this. So it, it would be on all of the us, whether there are leaders in legislature or in a, a small town or, or a county to see what they can do to provide the services for the women so to help them but also do the other piece of it the education piece of it for the men to help us create um a more healthy environment for our men to be in and not create so many toxic relationships
0: no well i mean that sounds you know great maybe yeah it was it was definitely all of the above i I mean i think when you're using um It's almost like a creative license to be able to Mm -hmm. um, voice um, a message. And sometimes that makes a greater impact. And I know we had a conversation just before about, you know, being somebody who's been through an experience of wanting to reach people or help others in different ways. And that's clearly what you're doing with this project. So it's called No Ordinary Love. And I see that it's due out in June. Is that correct? That's right. We just
1: have announced that the last couple of days, we um, had an article in USA Today, and we're announcing that our release date is June 15th on video on demand, and hopefully it will be in wider areas soon. So it'll first come out in the United States and North America, and then we hope to have to be able to enter the markets out in the world.
0: Yeah, so obviously this is coming out in, in around August, so it'll already be out there and we'll be following the journey. So hopefully we'll have an update for everybody then. Um, but it's been so lovely to sort of go over this angle and speak to, you know, an executive producer of somebody who has had that lived experiences. Um, how can people support what you're doing and also find you online? We would love to connect with
1: people out there, whether they um, are filmmakers or if they're working in the field or they are survivors or victims of abuse. We're all over social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at No Ordinary Love Movie and we're on Twitter at NOL Movie. We also have a website, uh, NoOrdinaryLoveMovie.com and we're on IMDB as well. So all of those places you can get updates on where the movie is and what's going on with it. And you can see on our, especially on our Facebook page and Instagram, you can see videos that we've done of our actors about how it affected them playing these parts. Um, It was was one of the most interesting things about the filming process, which was really grueling over about a two week period, 12, 14 hour days. And the times when a cast member or a crew member would have to kind of take a breath Mm. Because it was either it brought something up from their past, or they just all of a sudden it's like they realized what this was like from mm. a personal experience as living it through that character. So that that was a challenging part of it.
0: Well, it sounds you know it sounds I don't want to say amazing, but in the sense of that it's been that collective effort, it's come together you're almost there um ready to release it to the world um which is exciting in itself but also with that all important message and you know sticking to sort of the truths in terms of what is that lived experience really like and how is it portrayed in our movie compared to other people's so I'll definitely be checking out um, the videos on um, your social media as well because I I have to I have to find out and I hope it comes to the UK for me and so that I can sit and enjoy and watch it as well so um, I will pop everything in the information in the description of uh, the youtube and also the podcast if you're listening you're one click away to checking out the no ordinary um love and all of their social channels so you can go ahead and find it and um, that leads me to say a huge thank you tracy for 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 joining me and for sharing your process and uh, part of your journey with us well, thank you so much for having me today.
1: And I encourage everyone to go out and see the movie when it's available to them. It is a romantic thriller that happens to have domestic violence in it, so it is a great movie whether you're interested in this issue or not. But it also has that message component to it. But it's it's an one that keeps you on the edge of your seat with a surprise ending. So it's got all the good things that film has to offer. Oh, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> thank you so much for
0: having me on today. once again a big thank you to tracy rector for giving up her time to speak to us about her independent film no ordinary love i hope you enjoyed that just as much as i did when i spoke with her well you've been listening to me jennifer gilmore author of isolation junction and clipped wings both are available on amazon or jennifergilmore.com and hot off the press I have also got a new book out it's nothing to do with domestic abuse but if you love reading or if you want to keep a record of the um, books that you're reading in linked to domestic abuse I've got you covered it's a book review log book and you can fill it in just like a journal as you track your reading progress and again you can find out all about that at jennifergilmore.com Don't forget that together we are louder.